Hello to my amazing listeners. This isn't an episode, but rather it's an apology and it's an explanation about why I have been so ropey with recording lately. I have discussed this on Facebook, but a lot of people don't do Facebook, so I thought the obvious venue to get the news across was to come on the podcast itself and explain what's been happening in my life. Things haven't been going great for me since the end of December. I'm adopted and I reached out to contact my birth mother, but within a week or two of trying to contact her, she passed away. That was tough, but I accepted it and started getting life together again. But then I got sick. I started having really severe gastric attacks with extreme vomiting and cramps that would leave me bedridden for three days at a time, and sometimes I was getting two attacks a week. When you're trying to work, run the podcast, and still do the normal day-to-day things we all have to do, that got tricky, and that's when I started getting patchy with the podcast. Then my adoptive mother died, and a week later, my cat, who was like my baby to me, disappeared, never to return. These two events absolutely devastated me, and my ill health continued throughout it all, and life became extremely difficult. Slowly, I started to reconcile my grief, although to say I'm over it would be wrong. I'm still working my way through it and trying to come to terms with life without both of them. And while all that was going on, my illness continued and I started to realise that I needed to sort out what this accursed vomiting was because it was impacting so badly on my life. After a series of tests and jogging around the medical treadmill for a while, a colonoscopy and gastroscopy were performed and according to the specialists, I have cancer of the colon. There is a six and a half centimetre narrowing in my colon that has made it more difficult for food to pass through the narrowed section and that is why I was vomiting, or so my gastroenterologist said. The biopsy result came back as non-diagnostic, the tumour markers performed at the time came back as negative and the CT scan also came back as non-diagnostic. But according to the general surgeon and the gastroenterologist who were assigned to my care, in their opinion it was cancer. I started to feel uneasy about the path my medical care has taken. When I initially asked about my results of my blood test, my surgeon informed me that he didn't need a definitive result, that my gastroenterologist had decided it was cancer from what he saw and that was good enough for my surgeon. Well, that might have been good enough for him, but it's me that's about to lose a foot and a half of my colon. I was also booked in for a hospital that doesn't have the best reputation. I'm lucky enough to be a medical transcriptionist as my day job, so I was able to make contact with an ENT specialist that I type for and was given the name of another surgeon, a colorectal surgeon, who operates in one of the leading cancer centres here in Melbourne. Thanks to that referral, I am now in the hands of an excellent colorectal surgeon who is super thorough, a really great guy, and that I felt that I had a connection with, and as such, I trust him and I have confidence in him. He feels that the vomiting may be caused by a second lesion being present that is difficult to spot because of the initial narrowing before it. So to fully map my entire colon to find exactly what is there, he is doing another colonoscopy and tattooing the sections that they want to remove so that they know they get it all. He also wonders whether I might have a condition called Lynch syndrome, which is a genetic predisposition to having various forms of cancer given my birth mother died of pancreatic cancer. My previous specialists knew that too, 
but didn't opt to pursue that line of inquiry, and that concerns me greatly. To not pursue something that has the potential to be a life-threatening condition that runs the entire length of my life and can be treated by regular testing to pick up early cancers should be high on the list of care, if you ask me. Because of this, I want to make the suggestion that if you have a few family members who receive a diagnosis of cancer, even if they are different types of cancer, perhaps talk to your doctor about Lynch syndrome as Lynch syndrome predisposes a person to several types of cancer like uterine, liver, kidney, brain, pancreatic and certain types of skin cancers. If you notice any running theme of cancer in your family line, you should perhaps consider getting checked yourself as cancer can be affected by heredity. But Lynch syndrome is a little bit different because as I've mentioned earlier, it can create several different types of cancer which can give you the illusion that you're safe and that it's just your family's unfortunate. Our bodies are constantly replacing cells every day and to do that it replicates DNA strands and uses them to keep the body functioning. Lynch syndrome causes around 4,200 colorectal cancers and 1,800 uterine cancers per year and it's caused by inherited or genetic mutations in the genes that affect DNA mismatch repair. So in other words, just like a production line, the body creates new DNA and there are genes further down the line that check that created DNA to make sure it's an exact copy of the original DNA. Now these genes normally, if they find any errors, repair them. So the DNA is an exact copy. With Lynch syndrome, the genes that look at the copies of the DNA to make sure that they're correct and fix any errors are actually genetically mutated themselves. So they don't pick up some mistakes and new cells that are created have the possibility to then form cancer cells. So I wanna to say to you, if you end up having to face surgery or a serious medical condition and you don't feel comfortable with the treatment or the advice you're being given, then be the squeaky wheel. Stand up and say, no, I don't want this. I want to see another doctor or seek a second opinion or I want to change my care. There is only one you and you matter in this world. There is nothing and no one that can replace you. So you owe it to yourself to give yourself the best outcome. Because as I always say, you are unique and your life has a purpose. Oh, and also check your doo-doo. As soon as you turn 45, it just may save your life. That was the beginning that made my doctor want to do the colonoscopy in the first place. So while I'm facing a condition that may end up being my ticket home, so to speak, I feel confident and reassured that I've done everything I can in my power to give myself the best possible outcome. I have another colonoscopy booked on Wednesday, 3rd of August, so they can re-biopsy the lesion, tattoo the colon and do the test for Lynch syndrome. And the Wednesday after that is the day of my surgery, where they will finally remove this nasty little beastie and we can work out exactly what we're dealing with. Only when they remove the length of bowel can they inspect it carefully and see what stage we're up to. There are three options, those being that it is precancerous and we caught it before it became malignant, the second is that it is actually cancer, but in an early stage with no spread. And the third and worst case scenario is that it's cancer that has spread to the lymph nodes, in which case I may be needing chemo. 
I'm explaining all of this to you now because I want to let you know why I've been so patchy and to reassure you that I am still very committed and passionate about keeping the podcast going and adding episodes again. I may have to beg your patience and kindness for a little while longer, depending on the outcome of all of this. It's funny, I always knew that I believed in reincarnation, and my belief has become pretty rock solid since starting the podcast, after speaking to so many amazing people and hearing their experiences. But to actually be facing your own mortality is a different kettle of fish. I thought I'd feel dismay, panic and fear. And instead I feel a mix of emotions, some of them conflicting. I actually feel very calm, very accepting that this life might be reaching its conclusion. I'm a little sad at the thought of having to leave earlier than I would like and there's a degree of anger and frustration that this has happened at a time in my life when I'm finally free to really embrace my own life and not to have to put the needs of others first. And there is also a sense of great, great sadness that I might have to leave my amazing fiancé, Matthew, who proposed to me in March, just before my mother passed away. And I have great feelings of anxiety about what will happen to him if I die. While I wouldn't wish a year like this on anyone, there still have been some remarkably sweet moments mixed in with the bad. And there is a feeling of almost relief that my beliefs have been tested and proven to be solid. As I learned when I was working as a ward clerk on the oncology ward, while we all owe this existence a death, the bit in the middle is called life, and I intend to live it right up to the last breath, whenever that may be. So don't write me off yet, because I'm a fighter, and we still have some amazing cases to cover. Thank you so much for all of your remarkable kindness that you've shared with me as I've gone through this rather gruelling bit of my life. I've been touched to the heart by the outpouring of support and care that I have received from my Facebook page. You really are an outstanding group of people. And I love you for all of your kindness and support, not just of me, but of each other. But let's forget all of this doom and gloom and dive back into the episodes. Today I've posted the long-awaited third part of Bruce Leniger's account and the final one is in the pipeline, so I should be listing that very soon and I will list it before I go to surgery, just in case. Stay safe, take care, we're living in crazy times, and I'll keep you all posted on the outcome of my surgery.